And then I have four kids and now four grandkids. And so this is what I penned when they were even younger. Three things my kids have taught me. I need them to teach me to have more fun. Money does grow on trees if you plant them. You can make money on something that you plant. Absolutely. Um, and to take love more seriously and to take life not so seriously. Welcome to the Serve Love Lift podcast. I'm Tiffany Garvin. Years ago on a quiet beach in Hawaii, I felt the weight of the pain and struggles we all face in this world and how much we need each other. Soon after, this movement was born to serve, love, and lift. I believe that we are meant to serve the world with our unique gifts, love ourselves and others, and lift each other up to live with joy. This podcast is here to help you heal your heart and your life and empower you on your path to becoming the best version of yourself. I invite you to listen carefully and jot down notes that come to mind, whether they come from me or from your own heart. Then share this episode with three people who you feel could use it today. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get going. Today's guest is Mike Harrison. He's a goal achievement coach. And after speaking with him and listening to all the wonderful things he was saying about his coaches... I knew that he would be a great fit for the Serve, Love, Lift podcast family. So welcome, Mike. I'm excited to have you on today. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks so much, Tiffany. This is I'm looking forward to this. Yes, great. I'm grateful that you're on the show. You just came across as such a real, authentic, loving person that I really wanted to bring you on and let the listeners just feel some of that yumminess that you have to share. So. Oh, well, well, thank you. And I'm glad that I show up that way and that you saw that, you know, is that uh, at the end of the day, you can't really argue with love. And uh, so it's good to connect with you on that. Yeah, I love when you said that. You, you can't argue with love. It really does fill in a lot of gaps. It shifts the mindset. It, it helps people make space for themselves as well as others. So I love that. Right on. Everyone has an origin story and it leads them to their, their purpose, their, their life uh, meaning and, and all these wonderful things. But it's usually hard, but it can look like a million other things. What was your origin story to get you to where you are now? Yeah, so um, I'm a good student, not a, a great student, at least in college. My grades were, you know, average or below rather than average and above. And um, so through high school, through junior high, um, I really struggled um, with with school. And my mom was my biggest cheerleader. She would help me, you know, focus and help me work on things. Um, she would type my papers. We had an old manual Royal typewriter and I could still, you know, the clackety clack of a manual typewriter and her keys, her fingers just flowed over those keys, made them fly. And um, she died in my senior year of, of um, actually my, my freshman year of college. And, and she was only 46 years old. 
Oh, and in wow. my in my first year in college, you know, it, right around this time of year, it was. I mean, this is probably one of the memories that I'm feeling right now is that um, you get the midterm reports. And I was looking at my midterm reports, and I was sitting in um, the cafeteria in a small college where I attended. And I'm looking at these grades, and I'm like, I what am I going to do? And am I going to drop out? Am I going to go home? And just about that time, as I and I was really missing my mom because she would have been able to help me through that. Um, here comes uh, Dr. Myron Williams, not a very tall man. I don't, I mean, maybe five, four, five, three. And he's holding his hand up above his head. He's got a manila, manila folder in his hand. And he just looks at me as I'm looking over my midterm reports. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he smiles and he's got this little grin as he says, you're all mine now. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? You're all mine now, come with me. And he takes me back to his office and he said, we do not have your attention. He said, you do things well and you do a lot of things well. But he said, with all that you've got going on, he said, we don't have your attention. And so he put together a program and showed me how I could finish faster than what I thought. And he put that in front of me. He said, this was going to require focus, attention, commitment, and a partnership. I'm committed if you are. Wow. And that next semester, he enrolled me not at 12 credits, right? They Normally, if you're struggling through school, they say, take less. Yeah. He put me in 19 credits that next semester. Wow. Got my attention. Yeah. Got my attention. <laughs> so go big or go home for heaven's sakes. And he just walked me through getting done with my college education, um, actually a semester sooner. And uh, just helping me with that focus and that partnership. And so that that is why I show up to my clients and my coaches much like Dr. Myron Williams, like, yeah. I got your plan right here. I got you right here in this manila folder. And sure enough, right over my left shoulder is all my, I still keep a lot of my client folders and, uh, you know, pull it out. What's the plan that we're working on? Maybe we need to play a bigger game. Maybe we need to play a smaller game. What's the game that we will play? And that's all started. Yes, there was that time when my mom was no longer there for me, but God, uh, raised up somebody um, to be a Dr. Myron Williams. And now I get to do that with my clients and my coaches. And it's a lot of, uh, brings me a lot of joy um, to help them uh, accomplish the things that they want to get done. Oh, that is so great. What an inspiration. What a, a guiding hand in a difficult time. And uh, I, what a neat man that was to be so insightful and aware and willing to take the time. I don't know that whether it just is impossible nowadays for teachers to take that kind of time or they're just conditioned out of it. But what a gift that was. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, ne I'll never forget. I mean, if I lived to be 100, which would be all right if, with me if I did. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of people that I want to impact, but I will never forget Myron Williams and how he changed the trajectory of my life that day. Mm. Bless his heart. Wow. So that sounds like it probably developed in you a lot of principles that you live by. Yeah, absolutely. So I live by the golden rule, you you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But also the platinum rule is right there next to it, right? Is to do unto others as they need, as they mm -hmm. want, you know. And so really coming in and intersecting with people um, at at what's going on in their life. 
how do you know what you need when you're finding obstacles, you're, you're seeking guidance? What kinds of things do you look for to help you make those decisions? Yeah, so wisdom has many advisors. And so I've had a coach that I've worked with for years. I have a consultant that, you know, on the business things, um, you know, I'm a pastor for spiritual guidance. Yeah. Um, I have my good friends who are peers who know me almost as much as I know myself. And so wisdom has many advisors. And I think that that's really, really key. Um, but also, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a writer. I write, but I'm, you know, I would not, I, I journal and I just bullet point my, my journal thoughts. And what's wild is over time, and I've been doing this now for a number of years, probably eight, nine years, um, going back and looking over, especially in the seasons of life of what was going on. Remember how I, you know, I caught that real quick about um, when my mom had passed and when Myron Williams, and it was in midterm and, you know, the, the leaves are, are changing right now. I think it's, if we capture those things in the seasons of life, not only just the four seasons that we have in the weather, but what the seasons, the ups and downs, if we capture those, even in bullet form, um, it's going to help us to advise us to our future. Yeah, there is, especially if we become tuned to those things, right? Listening more to that inner wisdom, that inner voice that helps us discern between all the different options, all the different voices, being able to understand and really pick apart and choose those things that are going to be best for us on that next path, that next phase of things. Yeah. And that's so needed now because we are moving so very fast. If we don't slow down, bullet point the journaling, or as you said, tap, tap into that inner voice of what's really going on here. Mm -hmm. um, Jack Canfield talks about the cringe factor, right? Are we paying attention to the cringe factor um, mm -hmm. that could be simply as, as he points out, um, he was given a yellow book, but wanted a, a blue notebook, you know, and he just said, I prefer the blue book. For some reason, it gave him a cringe factor. Well, it started a conversation with the person with the blue book. They were happy to get the yellow book. And this conversation led into great things. But what if you didn't pay attention to that? Oh, I'll just suck it up and use my yellow book. Um, I just think that there's those opportunities if we slow down and we really recognize what's going on in us and around us and um, pay attention to that. I think that we're going to be better off. Yes, I love that. And I think that can be really applied to so many places in our lives, different aspects of our lives where we pay attention to that discomfort that, or maybe even the opposite. Maybe there's something that lights you up and it seems so common now that people don't really know what they want or what makes them happy. But I, I think it's because the noise and the chaos and how fast the world is moving that they have gotten out of the habit or maybe never had it where they do slow down and listen to what it is that resonates with them, the things that bring them joy, bring them peace, you know, following those internal conversations instead of the loud ones. But I think both ways, that cringe factor from Jack Canfield, as well as the, the positive aspect can really help people navigate a lot of the problems they're dealing with now. You're, you're right on. And, and here's permission to do it less than perfectly, right? Is that, yeah. so make a mess of it, right? And, and really take time of like, you mentioned what makes you happy. 
um, I smiled when you said that because um, filtered water <laughs> makes me happy. You know, I was like, I, you know, I, I want really good water or a good cup of coffee or, you know, take that a little bit farther. I'd love a great cup of coffee talking with a great friend about what great things are going on in their lives. Right. Nice. Um, Dr. Joe D. Martini wrote Value Factor. And in there, he walks people through their closest values. And it's really quite a neat exercise. Um, and I thought when I first got tuned into the value factor is that it was going to give me a list of 200 values, pick 10, circle four. And I was like, I was not excited about that at all. But as he takes you through and you can find it on, it's free on the internet, uh, value factor. Mm -hmm. And he says, what is closest to you? And I, and where you're sitting and where you're always sitting and where you're always going to be. And um, where I'm always sitting, I've always got my computer, I've always got my phone, and I've always got a book nearby. I've got a book right here that I just started reading, Equation, Living Your Dream, Your Happiness and Your Success. A friend of mine wrote this book, and I promised him that I read it, but I've got it right here. And so out of that, he takes you through an essay exercise of what's behind your computer, what's you know, what's for me, it was the computer, the phone and the book. Mm -hmm. I love connecting, relating and growing and learning together with people who want to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And when you get really clear on those values and that they make you happy, um, that's why I was happy, very happy to do this podcast with you, because I think I'm going to learn some stuff. I'm going to grow in some stuff and we're going to relate and connect. And why not? Why not? And I just love what you're doing with your community here is helping them do that and to, you know, really connect and grow and learn in loving and lifting and serving. What, what a great thing to bring more joy to the world. Yeah, thank you. It really is that bright spot. We, we have so much negative around us and often inside our own heads. You know, it's nice to be able to point people towards something bright Something that's not um, not just a distraction, but something that can fill them up substantively, right? Something that can help them feel better and stronger when they walk away. And some of my episodes are really short and some of them are really long. So it, it invites people to just take that moment and check in and be able to say, what do I need right now? And... And if there's something that they can find in this community, then what a beautiful thing. Uh, what one thing would you tell the world? What is your message, your, your desire to lift people to? Yeah, it's a question that I always ask in reflection of, do my clients, do my coaches, do my students, do they know have I communicated love to them? Mm. And if they can answer yes, then that's a win for me. Um, I never want to leave a person without deeply communicating love to them. And it might just be, you know, listening, might be just showing up, uh, letting go of my own agenda and just saying, you know, how may I serve you? Um, it might not even be in the words, I love you. Sure, but that should um, come through, and and that's just really what I want to leave the world with is that you know take time uh, to love one another unconditionally, yeah. and like I shared before, because people can't argue with love. Indeed, indeed, and I think it's harder when people struggle to love themselves 
to love other people. And so what tips would you have for someone who is struggling to love themselves? Yeah. So a lot of that's in self-confidence and self-esteem, right? Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes I've given a 30-day challenge to my clients who are struggling with self-esteem, self-love, self-confidence. And that is that they have to give to a person that they choose anonymously for 30 days. And so they're sending a card, they're putting a note there, you know, don't get caught, don't get caught. You're never going to um, be known that you did this. So the first five days, six days, seven days, they're like, okay, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And they're calling in, you know, like on my weekly session with them, you know, Mike, this is really fun. I did this, you know, I floated a, a styrofoam cup of, I love you in the toilet, you know, when they went <laughs> in there, you know, kind of thing. Well, you know, what toilet? And and so it was a college student, you know, so nobody knew, you know, they just set it up there. And, uh, and so I thought that was just wild. But then about day 10 or 11, why am I doing this? This is stupid that I'm doing this. I'm getting no feedback. Oh. I'm not, they're not saying thank you. Why am I doing, I'm like, because you're a good person. And then they continue the challenge. And the only reason why they do the challenge and the reason why, and they're going to, because they're a good person. And that is, you know, noteworthy. That is noble. That is loving. That's praiseworthy. Is yeah. that you gave to another person to build them up without them being able to reciprocate. You know, this is the same uh, thing. Like if you're, you're caretaking, you're a caregiver to somebody who can't reciprocate. Right. You know, why not do that? Um, I was working with a youth program years ago and we had them um, paint rocks, you know, just river rocks, paint them. And then we went to the nursing home and we gave these paperweights now that were painted rocks, paperweights. We gave them as gifts to these people in a senior citizen home. Many of them were in wheelchairs or so forth. And I remember Chris, Chris said, so I'm going to go up to this lady and say, Hey lady, here's your rock. What, what is this all about? I said, no, Chris, we're going to wrap it up and they're going to unwrap it. And then they're going to find this paperweight in there. And you just wait and see. Oh my goodness. You would have thought that we gave these people in this nursing home a million dollars. You know, I've got a video of it somewhere oh, and you. you know, it's just their eyes light up and they're like rubbing the rock and all of this. That day, Chris felt like he gave more than a rock, right? Because it was the giving and the receiving. It wasn't necessarily the gift. Oh, yes, that's beautiful. And I think that creates a new feeling inside of people, one that maybe they've never felt before, that then can feed them and nourish them in a new way and help them see that for themselves. Like you say, that they're doing it because they're a good person. Uh, you, you do good because you're a good person. And when you feel that and you have that awareness attached to it, that takes on new meaning. That takes on new weight inside of you. And I think we can create new positive beliefs around those things that maybe we are having a void already. And my goodness, how many voids are people living with right now? And through all the challenges that you've experienced in your life, what are some of the main, most meaningful lessons that you learned? So I've got a list of them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I can send it over to you, but let me just do it. I mean, it's, it's a whole page that I did. Give me your top five, right? 
<laughs> okay, so in what it and at the top of this, I said when you pay attention to what people teach you, you learn a great wealth of information. And uh, my very first boss um, taught me that you can be the boss and still have fun at work. Oh, nice. Let me just speak yeah. to the bosses out there. <laughs> Take that one home. It will change your management. It will change your leadership. It will change your productivity. Mm -hmm. I was so glad, you know. And then he said, uh, you can be the boss and still laugh until you cry with your coworkers. And we laughed and laughed and laughed. It's my first job. Awesome. Uh, three things a magician taught me. I'll just give you one of them. There are only three tricks. Making something appear, making something disappear, or make something change. Be a magician. Oh, well, that's interesting. Let's dive into that one for a minute. How have you tried to implement that in your life? Um, I believe that when we create, we are the most like our creator. Love it. And our creator just like, hey, do what I did. Yes. Now, I don't think I'm going to create a world, right. um, planet, <laughs> a planet. I might, I might create a world, not a planet, right? Something about um, things that I learned in biology and science that I, I really didn't take notes on. And, uh, but what, what can I create? And so in this, this is that you can make things appear, make things disappear or uh, something change. And so in talking with a client, I asked them what's missing, uh, what's confusing. So what, what's missing? And maybe they need a staff person or maybe they need dollars or maybe they need um, time. Maybe they need, you know, and so they're lacking a resource, right? How do we make a resource appear? We get into a state of resourcefulness. That's how we make, that's how we get resources is we become resourceful. And so that's one where I would work. The other one is how do you change something? A lot of times the only person that can change is you. And so how do you shift? How do you, you know, if you're below the line, how do you shift above the line? Yes. And so that, that's, um, and then making something disappear like uh, strife, conflict, um, I'm impressed by Tony Robbins. He has set out to provide, mm -hmm. I don't know how many meals in the world and he's doing it. I don't know how many he's at. I mean, it's in the millions. And so he is making hunger disappear by his generosity. And so what is it that we can make dis disappear, you know, by meeting a need today? Wow. Oh, I love that. So make something appear make something disappear, and make something change. That's it. Those are the three tricks. Have you ever seen David Copperfield? That's all he's doing. That's all. That's it. So we're all magicians. <laughs> we should be magicians, I think. Do I do have to, I do have to um, share with my, about my dad. Please. Um, when you put your feet to the side of the bed, you will feel like getting up when they hit that cold floor. And then later he taught me, when you put your feet to the side of the bed, Ask yourself, what is it that you intend to do today? I thought that was good. Yes. And then he, I mean, he was almost like Winston Churchill and said, never, 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 Michael, compromise your integrity. Perfect. Never do it. And that, that's a check you can't, you can't cash. And then I have four kids and now four grandkids. And so this is what I penned when they were even younger. Three things my kids have taught me. I need them to teach me to have more fun. Don't we all? Yes. <laughs> Money does grow on trees if you plant them. 
you can make money on something that you plant. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and to take love more seriously and to take life not so seriously. Ooh, say that one again. To take love more seriously and to take life not so seriously. What a beautiful insight. Those nuggets, um, those power dimes is what I would call them, yeah. have gotten me through crises, conflicts, criticisms, crisis, uh, complaining, you know, and that's why I made a list of them is that, uh, you know, we have these nuggets to go forward with. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you for sharing those. My pleasure. Now, there's a great process that you walk your students through. Would you mind giving our listeners a little snippet, a little, you know, high overview of how to walk through your goal process? Yeah, absolutely. And it is it is a process. And often I'm introduced as a goal setting coach. I'm, I don't do goal setting. I do goal achievement. So a lot of times we just do it. We don't need steps, right? But when I first start working with a, a client, most people just get a piece of paper and say, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds by such and such. You know, they go right to the action steps, smart, you know, goals. And um, I think the place to step or to start is what have I achieved? Mm. So, and we actually have them, you know, get ridiculous. At 14 months, I started walking, you know, it was like, you know, I started eating on my own when I was 18 months, you know, what? get get ridiculous of what have you accomplished you know i i, I survived the first day of kindergarten or pre preschool right that that was a survival okay you know and you go through that and you make this list and i actually when i'm walking working through with a client we're actually putting them on flip chart paper and we skip a line so we'll put an accomplishment skip a line put another accomplishment skip a line and we're actually if this was my office it would be all around and they would be in the middle of all these achievements and they're like wow and we just celebrate and i get chills because i've been in the moment with so many clients where we celebrate dang i didn't even remember that i learned to play harmonica at a talent show at such and such you know just those little like and they put it up there or you know they they raise five hundred thousand dollars for a charity or a nonprofit or whatever whatever it might be yeah Step two, we have them, and this is um, uh, a, a solemn time. It's a sacred time. Now we're going to write down all of our disappointments. Mm -hmm. And that those go in the blank spaces. So you have achievement, disappointment, achievement, disappointment, achievement, mm -hmm. disappointment. And we go through and we fill in the blanks and they, they cry. I cry sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that happened. Yep. Now I give them a fresh uh, legal pad and they do a, um, a gallery walk. And they're looking at their achievements and they're looking for their disappointments. And they're looking at the, I mean, it's in there. They are literally surrounded by their achievements and their disappointments. And now we're gonna start making sense of those by creating four guiding principles guidelines, rails to run your goal plan on. And I think 
Tiffany, without this work, I I think it's kind of like the basketball player who's bouncing twice right there at the key and he's going to make the free throw and he misses it because the structure isn't there. Everything's not, you know, he's in his head. Is he remembering his achievements or her achievements? Mm. You know, are they, are they thinking about what did I learn? Okay. You know, the reason why they miss the shot is they go up without remembering their achievements, their disappointments and their guidelines, their guiding principles. And Mm. I think that's just the place to start then. And this is, it takes four hours to get to this place. Right. And that is their power dime for the year. So I was working with a team of three ladies. Um, they were all um, incredible professionals. Yet as they work through their achievements and disappointments and their guidelines, um, what is it that we're going to say to each other to get our goals done? based on our achievements, based on our disappointments, based on the lessons that we've learned, what are we going to say to each other? And they came up with this power dime. We get stuff done. Oh, I can't even say, yeah, I can't even say it with the chutzpah that they had. I mean, they had the, we get stuff done. And that whole year, anytime somebody says, I was busy with my daughter or my son. Oh, I had this at the church or I had this at the such. uh, We get stuff done. So what do we need to do to get that client, to get that project done, to get this? They all, they had their best year yet because mm-hmm. they, when they got in the call, I'm working with six guys right now and I meet with them every Tuesday. And the question that they came up with this power dime, are you staying on mission? They just ask each other, mm-hmm. that are you staying on mission? Can't be there this Tuesday. Are you staying on mission? I see it in the chat. Are you staying on mission? Oh. I won't be able to be there next week. Are you staying on mission? And if they don't respond, God forbid, if they don't respond, because then the whole group teams up on them. Are you <laughs> staying on mission? Right? And so that's the process. And of course, then we start working towards their top 10 goals and then keeping that in front of them as they move to action through the year. But it's really this first part. And um, quite frankly, that first part, not, I mean, that first step of what are your achievements? And I've had people start crying during that time or get triggered. Mike, I never do this. I never celebrate my wins. Yeah. I've never had anybody ask me what my achievements were. It's very emotional, but there's lessons to be learned in that emotion. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a beautiful process. So what kinds of goals do your clients end up feeling capable of doing? Have you seen their goals bump up a notch or two because they've gone through that process versus what they might come in with just fresh without that prep? Uh, So one of my clients um, wanted to open up a dog boutique and spa. Think of Paris Hilton and the little purse. Right. And she said to me, she said, I'm going to buy this uh, doggy bathing system that I can put at the, um, at the uh, laundromat and you put $5 in and you wash fluffy and a Rover and all that. I said, okay, why you want to do that? Well, I wanted, cause I want to save enough money to start this dog boutique and spa. And she lit up when she said that. I said, okay. And I just kind of let that be there. And I came back and we did that exercise of achievements. And, you know, this was a, a day and a half with her in, you know, we're jumping in the whole thing. And um, so she got her achievements and her disappointments down. And 
And I said, I had a question for you. I said, why not just go for it? She said, what do you mean go for it? <laughs> I said, go get some investors or go to the bank and let's go all in on this dog boutique and spa. She's like, I don't know if I could do that. I said, who says? Look at your achievements. And now look at your guiding principles. So she went and she went to the bank. She went to the biggest bank in town. And she got a letter of rejection. And she brought it into the session, tears behind her eyes, not flowing out of her eyes, but mm -hmm. you know how you see. And she said, this was a stupid idea. And I look at it, very bankish. Right. <laughs> and I handed it back to her. I said, 100, 100 more to go. 100 more what to go, she said. And I said, 100 more letters, just like this one, and it'll be a bad idea. She said, are you crazy? I said, certifiable. <laughs> she went to the next bank, which uh, was a rising star in our area. They had just moved into town. They gave her everything that she asked for in her <gasps> business plan, which was thorough. Wow. Okay, on a burden of purchase, meaning that there is no collateral. Wow. And gave her a $40,000 line of credit because they thought that she would need it. <gasps> If you go into Grand Haven, Michigan today, there is and has been for the last 17 and a half years, a dog boutique and spa, and she's still running it. And oh she's having the time of her life. I love that. Oh my goodness. How many of us stop at that first rejection, that first wall, and are convinced that it's a bad idea? Because we, and especially when we haven't thought about who am I not to do this, right? Because I've got all these yes. achievements, right? And this is actually, this this talk is common with most people is that like, who am I to do that? Who am I? And, you know, it goes back all the way to the ancient scriptures where God and Moses are having this conversation. Totally. And Moses is saying, who am I to do this? What you're asking me to do? And God says, it doesn't matter who you, it's, it's who I am, right? And And Moses says, so who are you? And God says, I am who I am. Because Moses put the trust in the calling and the dream, yeah. he set his people free. And so it's, you know, we don't necessarily need to put our trust in the disappointments. Right. But that's what, as soon as we take, and that's what happened with Tanya is, is she took that step and she got immediate resistance, which happens all the time, by the way. Mm -hmm. You can't take an airplane. A, an airplane cannot take off without gravity and thrust. Yeah. So thrust and gravity, resistance is there. So resistance is going to show up every time you try to do something new. That's mm -hmm. why the achievements are so very, very uh, important. And mm -hmm. But naturally, Tanya went to her disappointments. Oh, this is another bad idea that I had. I'm like, I'm sorry. Those were interweaved <laughs> with your achievements. And she just went, she just went for it. And like I said, the new bank, the rising star bank, you know, why didn't she go with them? You know, Chuck Swindoll wrote um, uh, a book called Improving Your Serve. Might be a book that, I mean, it's it's a classic. He was turned down by 18 publishers. And it's now a bestseller. It, I mean, it's been a bestseller. It's a classic. It's classic. Um, Abraham Lincoln ran for office and lost like how many times, right? Mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, Colonel Sanders, right? Didn't start his chicken and he needed money. That's why he started selling chicken. Uh, he didn't do that until he was 72 years old. He said, social security, I'm going into social insecurity, right? <laughs> but he he went and played on his achievements and his strengths and people liked his chicken. And so they, he just went for it. And now it's working. Beautiful. We have so much more potential inside of us than we realize, than than we can even access sometimes, whether it's old trauma or our environment, the people around us that are naysayers or negative or, oh my goodness, to be able to get that clarity and reset. I love how you walk them through achievements and their guiding principles and all of it to really shift their mindset, open their eyes and help them recognize None of this defines you. You define you. This is just information. Well, thank you so much, Mike. This has been great. And I know that the listeners have felt uplifted and encouraged and maybe even have their eyes open to maybe something that they're struggling with. And maybe they're finding the courage now to, to see the possibilities and not just take that first rejection or their own doubts, right, as, as gospel truth, because it's just not. So what, what would you like to leave our listeners with? What last nugget? Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for the question. You know, I want to be profound and I want to be... Um, pithy and like, okay, what can I pack up? And uh, there's pressure, the pressure is on. This is the best advice that I can give anybody. Be more disciplined in making your dream a reality. And this is what I know about discipline. Discipline is a byproduct. Discipline is a, is created through empowering relationships. And let me prove this. So give me somebody at any time who tried to do something all by themselves, they probably failed. Uh, but Coach John Wooden said, you know, the person who uh, puts the basket or the ball through the basket has five hands, right? You need a team. Yes. Um, Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? <laughs> Peanut butter has always had jelly. <laughs> And why do we insist on trying to make our dreams a reality all by ourselves? It's nonsense. And I just want your listeners and I want other people who might uh, come along our way to um, get away from the two-year-old mindset. I have a two-year-old grandson. I do it my own self. <laughs> right. And then, you know, he struggles and then he says, help. <laughs> so then, you know, so you just ask for help and because, and, and maybe you've tried something and just like Tanya, she had a disempowering relationship with the big bank Yeah. and find those empowering relationships that are going to cheer you on much like I had in my mom, yeah. much like I had in Myron, Dr. Myron Williams, yeah. much like I get to be each and every day with my clients. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mike. We'll leave your email and, and Facebook link in the show notes so people can reach out to you and, and connect with you. 
thank you for being on and may God continue to bless you and the people that you're serving. And right back at you. Thanks so much, Tiffany. It's been great today. Thank you for being with me. Remember to share this episode with three people who you feel could use it today. Don't want to wait for next week for new insights and wisdom? Go to www.tiffanygarvin.com slash emotional healing for a free guide to help you begin healing the emotional wounds that are holding you back. Again, the link is tiffanygarvin.com slash emotional healing. It will be in the show notes as well. I believe in you. See you next week.